welcome to the Lone Star Collective podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri. This is episode, we're on 14, I believe now. This wow, is, we've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah, it's two weeks worth of material. Number 14. Yeah, and always getting some very wonderful insight from people in Texas, in, in the region, around Texas, or even from a national standpoint. And today is no exception. Well, it's, it's always, it's been a beautiful day. And now we've got a beautiful guest. We got Grace Delgado of Texas Cannabis today with us. How are you doing, Grace? Hi, thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. It's gonna be, it's gonna be cool. Like we're gonna talk about a lot of cool things. So a lot's happening. So a lot has happened as well. So um, if nobody knows me, my name is <laughs> my name is Grace Delgado. I run Texas Cannabis Today. Uh, we're a digital publication, mostly uh, ran through social media. Um, and we just keep up to date with what's going on right now in Texas hemp and not only just from the local to the state level, but also how the national level impacts us as well. So it's just, it runs the gamut, however cannabis impacts us right now. <laughs> well, the big thing that we were talking about right before we started recording was the Delta 8 situation. And wanted to get you, your feelings on that. Yeah, so the Delta 8 situation was fun. It was uh, definitely an interesting case to watch, like, from a, as a Texan um, and as somebody who was also in the industry. So um, we had the Delta 8 ruling where, you know, everything went, went you know, world, everything blew up on social media when, you um, people and groups cleared their positions on what they felt about Delta eight. And there was a lot of good reasoning for that. You know, people are being arrested for a quote unquote legal substance at the time. So we needed some, the air cleared. Um, and, but as we were like m moving forward, it was just really interesting watching the, the trials and listening to how they snuck this little, like snuck it in the agendas of making it quote unquote illegal uh, and listening to that. But then I think the number one thing that stood out to me is when the judge said it on the second trial, how they were reviewing the public comments and how not very many people made a, made public comments, but that also showed me how much public comments in cannabis is so important during. So when we do have an oddball moment like this, that we can say like, hey, we had 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 when the last legislation we had, what? Uh, man, I can't remember the exact number. I used to know, but um, we had a, a good amount of public comments. And so the fact that there was so little this past time was also a real eye opener that, hey, something something was miscommunicated here. So it, it would really, as somebody in the media, it allowed me to look at how can I make sure that I'm getting the information out for people and also really stressing the point like, hey, like we're not just saying, hey, go make a public comment or go contact your legislators for nothing like these things really count when it comes to when we have trios and when we want to sue the state and so hopefully we don't have to continue on these patterns but it just goes to show how important it is i couldn't agree more i i, I couldn't agree more with this um 
with with what you said that you know showing up and being vocal about your opinion and representing yourself as a texas citizen uh, me and jesse were both on record at what is approximately 4 45 five o'clock in the morning at the texas capitol speaking on behalf of a uh, penalties reduction bill and so you know that thing that kind of thing gets locked into uh, history and into um, documentation on the on the issue. So we, we completely understand and you're 100 percent correct there. Yeah. And like even just like not only as like a lot of businesses were there and a lot of people talk about that, but then um, really what sunk into me is like going to going to normal meetings or listening to Jackson Heather always talk about how it's really talking about what how what the plant means to you and how what you standing as an individual and how it impacts you it actually really does go a long way because not i mean yes they do see a lot of businesses and it's great it's well it's not great that it's impacting business at all but it's really also interesting to see like when they see the citizens when they see these voters when they see these are the people who are making their stand and they look like your average Joe and you know they're not just the stereotype and hey I love the stereotype I am the stereotype a lot of the times in my life but like allowing the other side of the argument to see that that they don't have any like you know nothing to stand on at that point it's like what are you telling like this this mother of two that she can't have her weed like (laughs) she obviously needs it so um or this dad or who whoever who whatever that looks like so it was really interesting to see how that came across in the public comment aspects in the in the hearing because and that, i feel like that was also like the main objection to in part of the argument on um the hometown hero side was that you know we the public wasn't given that type of um, access, which I thought it was interesting that the fact that like if if anyone if anyone listening is familiar with the case, how it was like on a PDF was it was it a PDF non searchable and it was like a picture of it, which um, instantly my mind went like just like especially since we're in COVID times now, since before like you know. Um, everything needs to be um, accessible I thought that was interesting because if it wasn't searchable that wouldn't be that wouldn't be if, if we had a business owner who was blind or low vision or is using screen readers they wouldn't be able to see that so I was really surprised that didn't come up more but because that was my first thought because first is like public information isn't accessible was is like you know oh stab me in the heart please um but then the next person was like oh my gosh then we also couldn't you know know when the meeting was so it was a uh, not not text searchable image that they had put up and yeah during the case they they showed where they had made a announcement but it was a link to the DSHS site. And then from there, it was like, well, join us for the meeting that they never put a link up for. So the public. Well, it, was intended, it was intended to not be seen. So they didn't even give anybody yeah. a real chance. You couldn't show up. Even if you knew, you wouldn't have been able to show up because there wasn't an avenue to show up at. So there was no comments. There was no attendees. I think they said that it was, the meeting was wrapped within like eight minutes. And they argued, well, how do you do a scientific finding in eight minutes? Yeah, you can't. And then at the public hearing, so at the first meeting before when the trio was quote unquote granted in the initial half of the thing, 
the the YouTube viewership was like at roughly 800. And then on the second one, which was done two weeks ago now, the viewership was like almost at 1500, if I remember correctly. So people not showing up to public comment. And also when it goes to show you in May, when they were due, when we had the Delta eight hearing at the last second, um, what good i know jesse you were there but like if quite a few people were still able to make it to that meeting because they were at least given some time to show up and testify and that was a whole other subject but still it was a hemp it was a hemp and cannabis issue and people shoot showed up but is the point i was trying to make so as, as far as i know from a from a historic standpoint anytime there has ever been public uh, a public hearing or some kind of public forum for citizens to come and, and speak their case or businesses and business owners, um, industry professionals, what have you, they show up in droves. Uh, I can't recall a time at the Capitol, you know, when we had the hearing, Jesse, you were there at 8 a.m. for HB 1535 or 15, was it 1525? Um, you know, 8 a.m. And there were that they it was packed and they were not it was not only just packed, they had an overflow room. In fact, they had so many people there that they had people in overflow that people couldn't get they cut when they cut the hearing off people couldn't even that were still yet to testify couldn't get from the hearing room to the public hearing oh elizabeth miller they called her and the delay between the actual hearing and sitting in the overflow room was so long she couldn't get up in time to get over to the other room and announce that she was there and the meeting was cut off and mind you she had a disability as well Mm. so and then she showed up she showed up maybe seconds after they had adjourned and was pretty much begging and pleading to let her testify on record. And unfortunately, the committee were bound by House committee rules. And because they had already adjourned, couldn't allow her into public comment. They even cut somebody off the oh list goodness. because I showed up and the meeting had already started when I showed up. And I remember sitting down. And Lisa Pittman was either like down the row from me or like the row in front of me. And one of the clerks came up to ask her who she was. And she's like, oh, well, I'm Lisa Pittman. She's like, are you, are you going to testify? Well, yes. And they completely skipped her like altogether. They never called her up despite she was registered to testify. Yeah, and that's that's one of the that's top lawyers in the state of Texas. Like this. That's what I'm saying. Nation. Really nation. Sorry, give Lisa Pittman her credit right there. <laughs> Sorry, go um, ahead. No, it's just you're right. In my in my um, experience at the Capitol or in any public forum involving cannabis, whether it's a city council meeting or or things of that nature, people show up in droves for this, you know, for this uh, particular subject, uh, and it's bipartisan almost always. And the idea that DSHS put forth a legitimate effort to notify the public so that there would be public uh, comment on the issue, and in fact, there was little to no public comment, signifies that they didn't really, like this was, 
This was done like the shady backdoor deals that we often see at the Capitol are done behind closed doors uh, with nobody present. And that's just not the way to go about proper, you know, when you're dealing with millions and millions of dollars um, in, in industry stakeholders, this is just not the way that business should be done at the government level. And that's just kind of how it is. And so you're right. Showing up, speaking out and talking about things, getting things on the record is vitally important. Yeah. And also, and like, and then on top of that, like the repercussions from this is a lot of like what I've been dealing with, um, like online and offline. And it's, how people are confused about what's going on. A lot of their arguments when like people stop me within like my friend circles and like events that I go to, they always bring up Delta eight. What's going on? What was the deal with it? And, um, at first I was a little concerned that it would spark like fear in people's hearts. Like, Oh, you're not going to buy it. And I feel like that's some people, but a lot of folks actually talking about how like this Delta eight ban Every single one of them is like, this should just be illegal. And then I'm like, yeah, like, here's like, here's, here are my accounts. Here are my friends' accounts. Like, yes, let's go to the Capitol. Let's testify. Like, we can get this passed. So if anything, it's you actually an unintended consequence, in my experience, as people are actually wanting to get it legalized in Texas. Like, people are like, this is dumb. Like, why isn't this, you know, why isn't it happening? And I'm like, well, <laughs> good question. <laughs> Right. We need How to, long do you we have? Need to, we need to channel that enthusiasm, right? And we need, you know, I think as from an, you know, as part of our responsibility to make sure that we get people to go from being vocal about it to taking that vocality and bringing it into action, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And like a lot of like what y'all are doing and like what, you know, a lot of us are, and also on the local level is getting these different states to like legalize it and just get, or at least getting it decrimmed at certain points. And at least, and even with the normal allowing, uh, taking the question off of EMS, just that piece of news right there, you know, the marijuana moments picked up on it. So, hey, Texas isn't as, you know, weird as everyone thinks it is. Well, we're gonna go into our first break here at the Lone Star Collective. Your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 14. Our guest is Grace Delgado of Texas Cannabis Today. We will be right back after this short break. Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products, quality, or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaCo.com. That's T-X-Canaco.com and click the contact tab. 
Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. It's my time, it's my life, I can do what I like, for the price of a smile, I gotta take it to ride, so I keep living, cause it feels right, and it's so Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. Episode 14. Joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri. The duo at the Texas Cannabis Collective. Our guest, Grace Delgado. Hi. Such a great to be back. It's it's been I had to say it's been such a beautiful week. We had a couple of cold days last week, and now it's just what the Mm seventies, straight seventies the whole week. I was in South Padre Island over the weekend, and it was absolutely beautiful in the Rio Grande Valley, Brownsville, Harlingen. It was remarkable for this time of year. Oh my God, I believe it. I agree. Like the past few weeks have been really great. I was at the Texas Renaissance Festival two weeks ago. And then last week was doing a bunch of like picnic things. So it's been great just being chill outdoors, uh, legally, of course, and painting. That's like my favorite thing to do on the weekends. How was the Renaissance Festival? Was there anybody in Star Trek garb that's like, oh, we beam down to this planet? It's always fun. This Renaissance Festival is always great. Uh, you always have those people. It really just kind of depends. It was Heroes and Villains Week. Um, so there was lots of pe- different types of folks. But I will say, I'll nerd out for like five seconds, that I'm really impressed that they've in, in, they've expanded the Renaissance Festival. You know, they have the, I don't know if anyone's ever been, um, you know, they focus on that period of time and then they have like different countries. But now with like video games it, becoming like more in the mainstream, well, they've been duh, that's mainstream, but um, like more of the fantasy world is coming out. So it's really nice to see like how people are playing with that and like how it really transforms something. But it's like fantasy, but in real life. But like it's not weird. It's it's really cool. I like it's my favorite thing. Like just to be floating in my head and just enjoying pirates over here and like some little kids waving their magic wands over there. It's just do your thing. Right. Oh, and then there's a, then there's a centaur. <laughs> it's like, Oh, hi. <laughs> in, in North have the, or the Renaissance fair happens here between March and May. It's called Barbaro fair. Apparently it's, it's renowned in the country. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the same experience. It's uh, you can get everything from Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings to, you know, 11th century England. So it's, yep. it's a fun experience. And we should 
low key last time I went there, I went to an apothecary that was selling CBD and all sorts of different uh, cannabinoids. And I was like, oh, this is a cool, this is definitely a cool spin on. Uh, and she was like, oh, she's not a witch, but she was definitely of the of the dark arts. So it was a really cool experience. And I don't see why we as a cannabis community aren't uh, really enjoying that more, doing something socially there. So maybe that's something we can work together on in the next I, year. I think we should. We could get a clan together and it could just be like the cannabis clan, whatever. We could figure out something. The ganja um, and it could something and we could have there's so much what we could do with this and we could have a row all the whole entire we can figure something out all you need is 15 people and we got we got people (laughs) so and it's definitely in certain parts it's very much adult only (laughs) that's all i'll say i could just see the festival the the, the employees (laughs) going where are all these people coming from that they're all of a sudden asking about weed and weed in like the 14th century? What's up with the weed questions? I saw a company. I wish I, I didn't have time to go up to him because I was a little zooted at the moment, but he had a CBD dragon. And I really wish I went up to him and I thought that or CB dragon. And I was like, what's going on? And I saw him have like a Delta eight side and I'm like, actually, sir, but I wasn't going to be the person now. Correct. The last, that. Time I went, the last time I went, I played. Uh, I I put some money. It was weird. There was a guy there who was dressed like um, Merlin, and he had like a little wizard staff and everything. But he had a chessboard. And if you could give him a chess, he would give you money. So I was like, oh, okay, blow this guy away. So I played this guy in speed chess, and I lost like ten bucks to this dude in like three minutes. <laughs> You were scammed, probably. So Grace, like- <laughs> so Grace, I want to ask you how did you how did you get into the cannabis space? What brought you to this arena? So it's a weird story, but I feel like it's a tale that a lot of people have as well. Um, I started smoking. I I didn't start smoking, but so I grew up in like a really conservative, like really sheltered environment and so it was just the devil's lettuce like of course like everyone pretty much heard uh but i was always really curious about it because you know drugs teenagers so um as i as i got older i was trying to actually move to colorado because they had a really good program over there uh for communications but it was just something that during that time would when California, like just things were happening like in, in the cannabis world. This is like 2008. And it, um, I ended up not going to Colorado, but in 2000, I, w- I continued to follow, follow the news. So when the 14 bill, the 14 farm bill passed, I was really excited. I, I didn't feel too comfortable, like really jumping in that, but like I was always keeping track of like what was going on historically. Um, and then when the 18 bill passed, that's when I knew that if I wanted to do something, I should kind of, if I wanted to do something publicly, I should do it now. And anytime when I would go on like Instagram or social media and, you know, it was all smoke culture, which is great. I love that stuff. Uh, but I wanted to have it where it's like digestible and, um, you could have it and I could be at work and I wouldn't be ashamed of kind of having that on my phone because I'm really paranoid of people like look like looking through my stuff um, naturally, believe it or not, even though I share so much information publicly. Um, so during that time, I, that's when I started the 
Texas CBD blog. It had a few names before that, but that's when I started, started that. And as I got to know the industry in Texas, I was really taken aback by how so much entrepreneurial spirit, but also people were giving back into the community. This was before I even learned about social equity and like what exactly what like that part of the industry was. Um, but just how they were just giving away to their, their softball, they were like their kids softball leagues or uh, the one that really stood out to me at the time. And, you know, she's one of my good friends is like how Jay was, Mary Shot Mary Jay was giving back to her community and what, how, you know, the people that she loves. And um, I kind of like it when the day I saw those posts, um, it, I really just sat down and I was like, dang, I really got to reevaluate my position towards cannabis. Cause at then I was like, still kind of like, Oh, fun. It's whatever. It's like your tinctures. It, you know, chills me out. It helps me out with my anxiety. But I was like, dang, this has the power to actually change the world. Like this is, this can make an impact. And then the more I got into learning about the social equity side and how much, and, I, and of course, like, you know, I knew how, you know, Harry, I forgot how you pronounce it, Harry Langer, how you pronounce that guy who was like Harry. the worst guy that guy. So how he really like impacted um, culture, especially me being, you know, a Latina woman and being in Texas, I just kind of like decided to just take that full on and own that identity and part of me um, because it just, it, even though I was taking my taking cannabis and using it as a way to help control my anxiety because I have, I have pretty bad social anxiety and just anxiety in general. My body just likes to freak out when it wants to. Um, this was the one thing that made me want to push forward and actually change and like, Hey, like you actually have a voice and a perspective because it, I didn't want to make this about me. This is so much bigger than me. There's no way it could just be one person, one account, any of that. It's all about community. And it really, even just looking at the industry itself, when you, especially when you learn about the rec side and when you learn more about the plant, that's even how the plant is. You know, it's a female plant. She knows where to meet you. She meets you where you're at to take care of you. And that's kind of like what my method is to um, sharing information. Like it's not just about one thing. And of course, you know, you can put so much work in it, of course, but you know, it's just like about, hey, do you do you know what's going on? Does it matter what side of the fence you are when it comes to voting? It's like, do you believe in this plant? Doesn't even matter if you smoke or not. Like during the Texas hemp ban, I was I talked to a lot of people who were like, well, I just don't smoke. But I'm like, but do you believe in the properties of this? And they were like, yes, et cetera. And I'm like, well, then it's an important thing for you to vote on then because that's that's what we're that's what we're working towards. And so being able to switch the, that type of perspective has really not just fired up me to like to work through my own personal journey and growing as an adult, but also being able to show that perspective to other people. So it, it was just definitely been an evolution. So, but yeah, it all started with social anxiety <laughs> and also just wanting to know, just wanting to smoking it high in Texas. <laughs> in so to echo what you're saying. That's why I started because I believed in community. It was more than, just myself it was something that it was this journey that we were on as a state uh and what was going on in the state and how we were gonna go from a hundred years of marijuana prohibition and when i say marijuana prohibition i'm specific i'm talking about the entire plant because you know for a hundred years essentially in texas hemp and cannabis hemp marijuana 
whatever you want to call it, all of it was illegal. And now we're in this transition period and it was my duty uh, coming through and learning about all of this. Uh, our journeys are very um there, there uh, there's a lot of par- parallel here and i'm glad to hear you say that this is about community it was more than just myself because i feel the exact same way yeah like just would anybody there's there's a lot of amazing folks in this cannabis understanding a lot of amazing folks in cannabis in general and even with like during our clubhouse period and you know whenever we get on clubhouse we've met a lot of those icons that brought us to where we are today and even they will tell you that it's not about them it's about the plant it's about the history it's about the people who came before them so the people who are in jail and like it just sounds like i'll just continue beating that drum you know it's it's so true there's no way it can just be about one person like the plant isn't just about one person like she's survived and she's been able to spread her influence around the world even though people have tried to shut her down and I really admire that spirit. And I think even with her, it's like, even though, she, you know, you push her down and try to, you know, take her out of the mainstream, she will just continue coming back stronger. And then you find more elements that she'll she'll be able to take care of. And then she, I like, this is the crazy thing about cannabis. So me and my best friend, like she's really into mushrooms, like cultivating and foraging. And when I was learning about like the circular ecosystem within, um, when we're pl- when you're growing, which is a lot of like what the work that I've done, like going to like NOCO and just like studying like how to grow, like grow, uh, we, you know, cannabis, just learning about how, like, even with the ecosystem within like the mushrooms and the ground and like how it, the cannabis and like where you even go to the industrial side and where it's healing the, not only just healing the earth, but then when you use the cannabis plants and the stock. So like when you're done with it, you, you could make it into concrete, you can put it, you could make it into plastic. And there's these so many different alternatives where it's, even if we still have plastic at least we're using less plastic and we're using different types of plastic whenever we need that different type of plastic like she doesn't she she's not really here to compete she's just here to like serve and like fill like fill in those areas and through that like even learning more about like the mushroom side of things and like how that whole ecosystem plays a part in it it just it's really and this sounds so cliche but like when I hear those two together it's just like it makes me feel like it's just like you're listening to a symphony like you're actually seeing all the pieces being put together on not only just like online and like of course like within our agriculture but like also within our bodies and like that why wouldn't you want that like why don't you want that in your community you know and it's just us who are making her look like a monster when really we were the ones demonizing it so that's my little rant about that it's crazy i love it we're gonna go into our next break here at the lone star collective episode 14 I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamhariri. We will be right back after this short break. Country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Oakcliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oakcliff. 
Hemp focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective, just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's TXCanaco.com and click the contact tab. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamhariri, our guest, Grace Delgado of Texas Cannabis Today. Such a beautiful day. It is. It is. It really is. It's a beautiful day. We've had such a beautiful conversation. Something that it came to my mind, we were talking about, it's not just focused on, on one thing or one person. Is it something that bothers me when I do talk about cannabis and when I write an article, is that people go, I can't believe you're making this a priority over everything else, the, the single issue item. And I have to, I remind people it's not a single issue item. It's healthcare reform, it's prison reform, it, it's overall criminal justice reform. It's a societal reform. It's, it's many things, it's many facets. It's this tree with all these branches going out. Right. It's economic regulation. It's um, uh, it's housing. It's I mean, this really touches so many different facets of life. And you're correct. In fact, today I saw somebody uh, posting something about how if you vote for one single issue, then, you know, you're dumb. And it's it's like, well, this particular issue, uh, it really covers so many different avenues that you know yes you may vote for this one specific um item but really you're you're touching several different issues that are embedded in a century of of this issue right so yeah like all the generations that are touched just right now um just children that are going to be getting the help that they need and not just for their health elements but also getting a, a maybe parents who are a little less chill who are a little more chill 
you know, being able to enjoy that. So instead of that beer, they're having, you know, a toke here and there, and they're just being able to enjoy that cartoon, you know? Honestly, children's cartoons have gotten really good lately. So imagine watching those high with your kids or, you know, you know, appropriately in- intoxicated with your children. Like, heck yeah. Like, I'll watch Blue's Clues all over again. Give Go me watch Diego. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. Mo- like, <laughs> yes, the movie. Anything with him in it. A big supporter. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, I watched it this last week, this last Friday with my, my son and I... 34 going on 35 year old man and completely enjoyed Clifford the big red dog. Yeah, this is so much fun. And then like also the activities that you're getting, like uh, one of my really good friends, she puts on brunches. Um, she calls them their, their blunt brunches. And I've been to a few and they are the most chill environments that you can get. Like everyone's enjoying, enjoying their infused food and then having uh, usually a hemp blunt right afterwards. And it's just this, you know, really vibe. The music's a vibe. The vendors are vibe. Everyone's just chill versus like a blunt, just like a regular um, brunch downtown. It can get a little crazy, which those are fun, too. But it's really nice to have the alternative available, you know, when you don't want to turn it up on a Sunday. (laughs) So those are the things I'm looking forward to seeing more in the mainstream continuing forward. What I ask you, is there a thing that you in particular that you like writing about with cannabis? Is there a particular topic that when it comes up, you're like, oh, I got to write this. I got to I got to get on this now. Um, I don't know. There's a few things. Um, I think when anybody puts out something like just like funny or interesting, like um, let me try to think about with like the last thing. Real and really like the like legal reform, like whenever like that stuff comes out, that's always really fun to just put that information out because I never know what type of response you're gonna get from the community. And then really like sometimes I feel like I'm drowning in the comments, like I'm trying to keep up with everybody and just to have this conversation. So it's not just like the piece of work that I'm writing, which is also really great. Also like highlighting my, you know, women in business, people of color, talking about prison reform, like how and how the good that cannabis puts in but also having that conversation within the comments and like really engaging with my audience like that's that's a lot of the fun that I have and I know like especially being in y'all's group in the collective like everyone's just throwing around memes and just like there's a lot of gifts like you don't get that on Instagram and Instagram's where I usually am um so over there you having like creative use of emojis so it's just really engaging with the community and like that sounds so silly but that's my favorite part of being like of being in the cannabis industry like of being having my what I've built and the reputation and being able to go to somebody and actually like encourage them and actually like you know watch their journey go up and being able to comment put my post notifications on and just like keep up and just like you know like just sharing their stuff like that's my favorite thing really is just to finding that content and sharing it and engaging because there's so much going on and even if some of those businesses or some of those events don't last it's still like this historic thing because i've been able to help build up other people and in turn they're also building me up too like because we share this commonality and it does and then you know also drama is really fun like when you know you sneak in there and you like like certain things <laughs> but like that's that's just like that's the name of the game man until it's legal like we're all in the I same that's, like goes that's there. what i love is i think that's what i love about following you particularly texas cannabis today is that 
um, you know, we on our side, we we kind of try to stay out of the comments because we get a ton of them and everybody's got an opinion. And, um, you know, I, sometimes we like to engage. Sometimes we, we, we just try to stay out of it. Um, but what I really appreciate you about you is you you really enjoy that dialogue and that you will get in there and you will get your hands dirty. And um, you it's like you leave no stone, no pun intended, no stone unturned. Okay. Right. And so um, I think that's what I really love about following you is your, your dedication to uh, engaging with people and, and talking to your audience and and getting them, you know, directing them into where they should go. Uh, a lot of people could take a lot of lessons by how you use your social media and how you um, cultivate your content. I yeah, took a lesson. Just, it's my favorite part. Like it real. Oh yeah. Like the, even like the hemp awards that I like had the video is, it's just so fun. It's like, it's so much more fun to share and like to point out like what the cool things are happening than to be like, Oh yeah. This, oh yeah. I'm also up for a hemp award too. But it's just like, also have you seen my friends? Like that's it. That just makes me really excited to see. So like eventually when I have, when I have my own stuff, it'll be there too. But until then it's just so fun to talk to people. <laughs> The, the the voting is still is still active, correct? Yes, voting yeah. voting still active and Grace Grace is up for you're up for publisher and yeah. advocate. Plug correct? yourself. Plug yourself, Grace. Give us a give us oh, a thirty. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, of course. Like definitely I am a publisher and I think national Info influencer. I think that's one. I don't know. I have no idea who nominated me. But like those those are the two that I'm up for and I'm really excited. There's a lot of really great great contenders. And if you're here just Go look at all. Go look at all of our content and make that decision for yourself. Um, but overall, I am my whole brand is about in inclusivity and also accessibility as much as I possibly can do within my within my within my reason for me, um, and really sharing all the aspects of how Texas is in like every aspect of Texas is impacted by this. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, but there's a lot of people, especially within like the Latinx culture, which is a part of what I'm a part of. Um, it, you know, they have, they have a lot to say. There's a lot of creativity coming down. So, you know, I, I just want to share every voice because you never know what someone's going to come out with. And that's so cool, especially with like the Gen Zers. And it doesn't even matter if you're like Gen Z, you could be 60 years old and have like a really cool idea, but you weren't able to do it for so long because of a stigma. And so like, hey, like, okay, do it. Like, let's, let's just see what happens. I mean, I feel like that's the stoner spirit. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. Follow my content on Instagram or wherever you follow social media. I'm there. Plug your website. Um, your yeah. So also... Yeah, so it's the texascannabistoday.com. Um, on my website, actually, too, there is a store finder. So if people want to add their store locations, I actually have a map. I have over 100 stores listed on there. Um, there, and then, of course, some Texas products, so we're working on that. But, um, but yeah, over, that's where you can stay up to date with anything that I publish and a lot of guests come up, pu uh, publishers I have coming down the pipeline. And then, of course, Instagram is my number one platform. That is my home. That's where I work most of the day. Um, and that's what, where you'll get a lot of the engagement. Um, my Facebook, you're going to get like, I share a lot of music, a lot of culture, a lot of stuff there. And of course, engaging with the collective and any articles that I love, I will always share 
I'll always share this on the collective rights. Really appreciate that. And then Twitter is just fun. <laughs> Twitter is a beast on its Twitter, Twitter. I'm a little a, bit more. Huh? There's a fucking war man. And it, people, it really is. People will come for your throat on Twitter. Yeah. My political opinions are a little bit more expressed there, maybe because I have less followers on that side. So you're definitely going to see who I vote for and what I agree and I don't agree with. Um, but it's all, but it's all still surrounded in cannabis. So I, it's, it's still curated towards that, but a lot of more Spanish is over there too. Um, because you know, my sec, I, my second language is American sign language. Actually. I don't know if a lot of people know that about me, my past in a past life, I was uh, trained to be a sign language interpreter, but that just didn't work pan out for me for, um, school reasons. But, um, cause I failed the test by one point. Um, so I, I didn't become an interpreter. So, um, so yeah, so that's why accessibility is really important to me, but also within the Spanish community. So I share a lot of make other cultures on there. Cause I feel like Twitter is just, it's just so easier. It's just easier to get plugged into those things. Well, so. we appreciate you joining us today. It's been a great conversation. TexasCannabisToday.com, correct? Yes, TexasCannabisToday.com or also at any anywhere across the internet at Texas Cannabis Today. And we also want to plug the Texas Hemp Awards, TexasHempAwards.com. The proceeds for that are going to the Last Prisoner Project. So we hope people will, will take a look at that. And if you are, if say you're a business and you didn't get submitted, you didn't know about it, you can put in your email vote and you'll get an email next year letting you know submissions are open. So yet again, we want to thank you, Grace, for joining us. This is episode 14 of the Lone Star Collective. I'm the host, Jesse Williams, and I should have had music loaded up, and I did a poor job of that. So we will just hear (laughs) Dexy's Midnight Runners again. Yeah. (laughs) I actually love this song. (laughs) There we go. That's a sweet spot right there. So we thank you for joining us. Episode 14, Grace Delgado, Texas Cannabis. Today, I'm Jesse Williams with Austin Zamhurry. Adios. Love. <laughs>